Football is around the corner, and we are ramping it up over here on the Ringer NFL feed in the month of August. Every week, Ben Solak and I will be bringing you not one, but two extra point takens. That's right. Double the trouble as we predict, debate, and analyze our way through camp and the preseason every Monday and Friday. But that is not all. Steven Ruiz and I will be coming to you every Wednesday. We'll talk about everything in the world of the NFL. And who knows? Maybe Steven will even have something nice to say about your favorite squad. Though, frankly, I wouldn't count on it. Subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow The Ringer NFL on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Ringer NFL. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Craig Corbeck. Boom, it's fantasy football season. You have either drafted yeah. or you have not drafted yet, or both. I don't know, but regular season begins next Thursday. We This is the red meat time of the year. You go to fantasyfootball.thringer.com for our rankings, our top 200 tiers, draft tracker, everything at fantasyfootball.thringer.com. And the Magic 8 Bowl, if you want to compare players and you still don't know who to draft, even though we have rankings, and then you can actually see which of us ranked which players higher. If you hit compare player and you still don't know, then you can hit the Magic 8 Ball we have, and it'll just be like, fuck it, just take Jamar Chase. We Let don't the know. universe and decide for you. We will also be doing a Reddit Ask Me Anything, a Reddit AMA on the Fantasy Football subreddit Thursday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Or as Craig and Danny Kelly call it, 11.30 in the morning, whatever. But that's Thursday, 2.30 Eastern, Reddit AMA, so you can catch us there. Boom. We're going to get into our sleepers. These are the guys that it's crunch time. We're actually drafting. The, you know, we've been talking all month, but it's like, you know, we're doing our drafts this week. And we're like, wow, these are the guys that where everything, the dust has settled that we just like, these guys are just misvalued. And we like them yeah. a lot. But first... News. We were thinking about leading with all the kickers, but I guess we'll start with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, so the Colts did not trade Jonathan Taylor by their self-imposed deadline. They're going to place Jonathan Taylor on the physically unable to perform list, which means Jonathan Taylor will at least miss the first four games of the season. And then beyond that, who knows? Mm. We have updated our rankings at fantasyfootball.thewinger.com. We have moved Jonathan Taylor all the way down to 85. And to tell you the truth, 
it was spiritually felt really correct because we put them right next to Rashad Penny. <laughs> you know what? When they play, they're good. Yeah. Are they going to play? Who knows? And to tell you the truth, I wish we had a more forensic accounting of why we could drop Jonathan Taylor down to 85. But to tell you the truth, we kind of vibes it out. And I don't know if we knew that Jonathan Taylor was only going to miss four games, we'd have him higher. Right. But now a Le'Veon Bell thing really does seem on the table here. It's not, you know, too priced in, but there's a real chance. I don't know. Jonathan Taylor might not want to play till the trade deadline. And so at some point, it's really about your risk tolerance. We were talking about how much having an injured reserve slot on your league could actually alter whether you take them or not. But DK, yeah. when you look at this 85, if I told you we were like a comeback from the future, I'm like, we're way too high or low on this. Like, what are you more like? What are you? More cons- where do you lean that you're like, oh my God. If I'm, if I'm being totally honest, I'm worried we're too low because he's a great player. You know, there is still a chance, although maybe it's more remote now that he does get traded to a good team and ends up playing the final, you know, whatever amount of games that he's going to play this year. And he's awesome. And he like kicks ass and everyone's really glad they took him. But at the same time, the way the, when we talked through it, it was like, do we know, first of all, what's going on with his injury? Like, do we know anything about this mis- mysterious injury? We don't. He truly seems to hate this front office. It seems like there's been a very, very strong animosity between him and Ursay in, in particular. Ursay, of course, went on and went public about how he's just not that valuable to them, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think I'm sure Jonathan Taylor, after taking the amount of punishment he takes as a running back, did not take kindly to that. There is this chance, long story short, that he even when he's coming off the PUP list in week five, that he just won't play. That he'll like string this along. He'll do the Michael Thomas thing where he's like, oh, my ankle still hurts or whatever. And, and you know, he just then stays up on the PUP list. And then people that got him in the eighth round or seventh round overpaid for him. You know what I mean? So there's there's just so many scenarios that that could go in here. It's really tough to know. And I think that's, again, spiritually why we chose to put it where he did is like Rashad Penny. He could lead the league in rushing or he could just not play like we it's, it's one of those guys <laughs> that he's just so unreliable. I don't know where to put him, but I, I think that's like mainly why we put him there. He's not like a Kamara situation where after X amount of weeks, he's coming back and he's going to be awesome. It's like, will he come back? Craig, you're more skeptical of this 85 on Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. This stuff is so hard. It's really just like, it it comes down to the psychology of you as a drafter, right? Like he's going to go for very Mm. cheap in, in auction drafts. This is the perfect situation for somebody who like doesn't really know what's, this is the guy who's like the least informed about football in the league who will draft him. Being like, oh, what? He's out four weeks? Whatever. He's like, isn't he like one of the best running backs in the league? That guy will take him. <laughs> I, and, and, for, and for all we know, he'll come back week five and rush for like 1,100 yards. Or like DK said, he'll quiet quit and hope for a trade. And we have no idea. I mean, after that video we saw of him limping around training camp, that didn't exactly inspire <laughs> confidence in me. He looked like my grandpa out there on the field. I, my, Me personally, I tend to stay away from guys like this. I, I usually don't like, yeah. there's like a million red flags. I know technically he has a huge upside, but I tend to stay away. Here's the problem. I think maybe the simplest way I could explain why we have, because there are probably people listening being like Jonathan Taylor at 85, like we're insane. Yeah. Here's the simplest way to explain it. Him being injured is like the best case scenario mm. because think about it this way. If Jonathan Taylor's not hurt and he's milking this situation, he's milking, he's like, Oh, my ankle, my back. Like, to just because he doesn't want to play for the Colts, then why would he come back after four weeks? Yeah. If he's milking it, 
because he doesn't want to play, then he's then the earliest we're talking about is Halloween for the trade deadline, because there's no reason to go in the PUP and come back if it's just like. So we now the optimistic scenario is actually Jonathan Taylor does want to play, but is so injured that he must be ruled out for the first month. I don't even I don't even know if that makes sense, but that is the best case scenario here. So, I, I mean, we, we got a running back with an ankle and a back issue. Again, it's it, it's a weird thing to parse. But at some point, you have to remember that when people are in the middle of an injury, the name you almost have to take the name away. I think it's the hardest part of doing our job is you have all these analysis of like and all this history, right? Memories of this player. But when they're hurt, they're not quite that player. And so either Jonathan Taylor is not that guy or he is that guy and he doesn't want to play. And either of those seem pretty awful to me. Do we think that the Dolphins are just going to trade for him midseason for a lower price and that they kind of called Indianapolis's bluff here and was like, fine. You're not going to lower the price now. We'll wait. Honest, I, so I don't know exactly what they offered. Here's the problem. It's twofold. If you're the Dolphins, why would you pay a higher pick to get less of Jonathan Taylor? Because you were trying to trade for him to get 17 regular season games plus the playoffs. So you're basically banking one of the Dolphins being in the playoff race and having injuries. And you're banking on desperation for teams to pay more later. The flip side is the floors. The Colts are like, well, if he goes into free agency, Maybe we can get like a fourth round compensatory pick. So then it's like our team's going to flip a third or fourth round pick. I, you get into all that stuff. But um, I don't know where this goes. Honestly, the Le'Veon Bell thing was weird because Le'Veon Bell had made a lot of money and had more freedom. But all, you could argue that I don't know what Jonathan Taylor is going to do. But I think that's kind of the point is I don't know how many of these options really lead to Jonathan Taylor playing two and a half months and being great. Yeah, I think and we alluded to it a little bit in terms of like if he's going to come off the PUP list after four weeks, too. But the other worry that makes me I mean, I feel fine where we have him. Like, I feel ultimately fine where we have him. But the other thing is, like, if he does get actually nicked up down the stretch, like, is he going to fight to come back? That's the other worry. So there's like it's like a sandwich of worry. <laughs> Not only are we worried, is he going to come back at four in week four? But if he does get banged up, he hasn't picks up like an ankle or whatever. Is he going to fight? to get back on the field when he has a legit injury down the line, you know, for a team that like has, you know, put him in this situation where they clearly don't value him. Like he wants to be valued. So, you know, it's, this is just like walking a tightrope. There's, there's certainly a chance that it will work out, but there's a lot of ways that you can fall off to give people something tangible to take away from this. Let's say you're doing an auction draft. How much money should Jonathan Taylor go for? Should he go for sub $10? That's a good question. I will say this. I'd rather take him in an auction than a snake draft because in a snake draft, there's an opportunity to cost of if I take Taylor now, I definitely can't have this other player, you know, who's going to get taken. And frankly, I look at the reason of Jonathan Taylor 85 is we have Jahan Dotson, like, you know, not that far. It's like the idea of letting Jahan Dotson go because of Taylor. So frankly, I think if you're an auction draft, it's the most likely place to take him. Yeah. Throw a few bucks on him. If you have an IR spot for you think he's going to go that low three, four dollars. I think he'll be in the t- 10 to 15 range. Yeah. Realistically, I don't think I'd go much beyond 10 or 11 bucks because when you get in that range, now you're talking about like, well, I could have gotten like Traylon Burks and I don't know, Elijah Moore for 10 bucks. But that's the, I, I, to tell you the truth, what would make the difference for me is whether you have the IR spot. Right. Because at least then it's not burning a hole in your roster. Okay. Next question real quick before we move on. What now? Are we taking uh, Zach Moss? I think my favorite guy on this roster right now is Zach Moss. He has a broken arm. <laughs> As if okay. this wasn't annoying enough. Uh, so maybe Deion Jackson then by default. Or maybe Evan Hull. 
or whatever his name is. It's Evan Hull. <laughs> okay. Sounded wrong for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to play the first month. He's, is he going to play in the last month? Is he going to be traded at the trade deadline? And then the culture, right? Zach Moss is the guy. We were talking with Riley McAtee earlier today, one of our uh, editors. And we were, it, he was just like, yeah, Zach Moss averaged a yard and a half more per carry. There's a lot of weird things with the Colts last year. Deion Jackson, I think he's all right. DK, you think he's just a guy. A jag is your worst name you can call a player. It's not to say he's bad. I just don't think he's special. I, I think Zach Moss is more close stylistically to uh, what Jonathan Taylor is type type wise in terms of he's big physical he can break tackles makes you know make some hay after the after first contact you know create on his own whereas I, I think Deion Jackson is just you know he's fine he'll he'll do his job but he's not like gonna elevate anything so here's here's where we put these guys and again there's a number we put to them but we really want to share the logic because again I, I wish we could give more forensic accounting here, but we had to balance a lot of things. We put Zach Moss right next to Jeff Wilson mm. at 127 because we thought Jeff Wilson actually represented a lot of what's going on with Zach Moss, which is Zach Moss might not play in week one necessarily with the broken arm, but when he's healthy is probably the starter if Jonathan Taylor's not there. I think Zach Moss, similar to Jeff Wilson, might just, you know what, might be nothing. Like Jeff might not play. Zach Moss might just be like rotating with Jonathan Taylor after week four. Jonathan Taylor also might not play, and Zach Moss also straight up might just be a starting running back for the Colts for, like, the final four months of the season. And that's a crazy range, and he might be weirdly good at it. So I thought Zach Moss is there. Then we have Deion Jackson, like, 20 spots lower, kind of around Tank Bigsby. We don't know your role. We don't know how much you're going to participate. And we have um, Evan Hull, frankly, kind of, like, a little lower around, like, Devon A. Chain, just, like, yeah, frisky rookie. But really, I think the Dolphins backfield is kind of similar to these Colts backups. Though. Evan Hole is I think his claim would be he's a good pass catcher. So that's how he could kind of carve out his role. He's big and fast, too. The, the one thing I will say about Zach Moss is last year when he played from week 15 through 18, he was the RB 20 in that stretch. He averaged almost 11 points per game and had PPR. Like he was pretty good. And so that to me is why I've got him ranked the highest. And that's why we put him where he is. But again, there's just so many variables that we don't know. It's hard to really nail down exactly what's going to happen here. But that that's why I'm going with Zach Moss as the next man up because I think he'll be back week two, week one or two with this broken arm, off this broken arm and, and carry the load if Jonathan Taylor is not playing after week four. Let me ask you this. If you've already drafted, should you just go and, and let's say everybody went and ran and grabbed Deion Jackson and Zach Moss, should you just add Kareem Hunt for the next week just to see? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think that's a or good Leonard idea. I, if you cut your kicker for sure and add either Zach Moss, Deion Jackson, or Kareem Hunt, yeah, I, I think that's a really good note. Like I, that's definitely the first. thing. Yeah, I just would rent do. Kareem Hunt for a week and see if he signs. Did he visit there? I can't remember. Yeah, he did. There was a report out yesterday that the Colts were actively considering Kareem Hunt. Mm. So he's fifty fifteen percent rostered right now on Yahoo. So just grab him for a week. If he doesn't sign, you can drop him. And I think that's kind of the big picture, again, as Craig said, a tangible way to look at this. I kind of think the Colts running backs are kind of just can be best understood as like the Dolphins running backs and which team Jonathan Taylor's on is kind of hanging over both of those backfields. They're all very fragile, but within that there's upside, but then it's Kareem Hunt too, but that's, yeah, go cut your kicker unless you have Justin Tucker and just add <laughs> Zach Moss. There you go. Okay. Next up, Arizona Cardinals cut Colt McCoy. So they're starting quarterback mm. for the Arizona Cardinals will either be Clayton Toon, Tooney or Josh Dobbs. Tuned up. Who's been I love it. 
tuned up. Josh Dobbs has been in Arizona Cardinals since August 24th, which <laughs> five days ago. Yeah, but he he only needed like two days to start the other to start a game for the I think I think it was the Titans last year, right? Like he did fine. So he's gonna be he's DK, gonna be right. Do you think do you think Kyler Murray plays a game this year? I do, yes. Okay. I, I'm still sticking with it. Cardinals are winning nine games, baby. Nine games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die on this hill for no fucking reason. I don't actually even believe this take, but just the idea just for some reason, whenever team, whenever like the media, it, all everyone agrees on one thing, like my spidey sense starts going, okay, something's up here. Every single person on the internet made a tanking joke yesterday when uh, Colt McCoy was cut. And so therefore, I kind of feel like the, the Cardinals are going to be good this year. They're going to be fine. Uh, Kyler Murray's going to start playing after four weeks because he's on the PUP list, so he can't play for four weeks. After that, wheels up. They're going to be amazing. It's not the take purge. You are professionally responsible for everything you just said. So <laughs> good luck with that. But yeah, the Cardinals are simming the season like Madden. Before we get into this, I don't think cutting Colt McCoy means you're tanking. Did you watch Colt McCoy play last year? Uh, no, no, no. It's leaving your options to be Clayton Tooney, who is yeah. a fifth round rookie, or trading for Josh Jobs, who hasn't been on the team for seven days. That's the tanking. Like, those are your options? Well, yeah, that's fair. But they're also going to get Kyler Murray back in like a month. I also don't know of any other team that I think even has a chance to be the worst team in the league like the Cardinals do. Like, is it the Texans? Like, is it the Panthers? What yeah. team is even in contention? The Cardinals have the Texans <laughs> pick. This is, again, shout out Hayden Winks at uh, Underdog who made this. He, the Cardinals are simming the season like Madden. You trade all your players, you stop spending money, and just get the picks. And you're like, let me just sim to, the, to that draft where I collected all those picks. That's all they're doing. I get it. It's fine. Uh, but you're right. If the Cardinals don't care about the season, we don't have to care about the Cardinals. <laughs> I, I I just, this isn't even, yes. I don't know how fantasy relevant this is, but why are all the kickers got traded? I, I, I Nick, the Patriots traded Nick Folk to the Titans and the Patriots new kicker is Chad Ryland. Saints traded Will Lutz to Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos and the Saints new kicker. Do I have this wrong? This is a real person, is it? <laughs> Blake Group? Sure. Blake Group? Sure. Groupie is the kicker for I, the NFL, New Orleans Saints? I, people, <laughs> NFL teams just just cycle kickers back and forth. Yeah. You know, it's like media executives. They just get fired from <laughs> one company and hired at another. It's just like, does it matter? It basically, it's like if you if you miss a crucial kick on your team, you'll get traded to another team until you miss a crucial kick on that team, and then you'll get traded to a new team. That's the cycle. This, this whole story, and I tweeted this it reminds me of uh one of my favorite comics brian regan has this bit about how he saw two log trucks going past each other on the highway he's like if, if they need logs over there <laughs> and, and if they needed logs over there <laughs> you'd think a phone call would have saved them a whole lot of trouble <laughs> why put them on a truck and go the other way this is how i feel about uh -huh. kickers just sign somebody it doesn't fucking matter unless you have justin tucker which only one team does it's all the, like, like every swapping, other kicker is the same. Swapping Dustin Hopkins for Cade York or <laughs> it doesn't matter. Stop, just, you, you, you should have a kicker for 10 years and he can't leave and that's it. It is like the NFL teams did a key party with the kickers. Like they really did. Which is <laughs> <laughs> going on with someone else's kicker. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. 
So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. If you, look, if you like practical bets, bet the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. If you want something a little off the wall, the Steelers are something like 50 or 60 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I know this is a little crazy, but... They already have the defense. Once the Steelers are, you know, in the divisional round, anything could happen. 60 to 1 is crazy. I, Steelers 60 to 1 is just like mispriced. Like that just feels wrong. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Sleepers again. People are like, oh, what's a sleeper? So sometimes the sleeper is like too deep, and sometimes the sleeper is like, oh, it's not a sleep. Whatever. We're gonna do various levels of sleep in here. We're gonna go from like mm. you know a little light dad nap all the way to coma. We're gonna just like various start the obvious guys go all the way down. DK, you're the ranking father here. Well, you're the only father here. Let's <laughs> keep it that way for some time. Um, we're gonna start off with a little dad nap, a little light sleep sleeper. Mm-hmm. Give us a little. Give us your first, you know, little dad nap sleeper here. Yeah, this is a very light sleeper. And I'm going to go with David Montgomery for the Lions. It's kind of a, it's a little bit of a Glansberg in the sense that we just haven't really talked about this guy. I don't think anyone's really talking about him all that much. And so therefore, I think he kind of qualifies as a sleeper. Um, And I feel like I'm the last person on the face of the earth that thinks David Montgomery is good. Does anyone else think he's good? (laughs) No one thinks this guy's good. The the Lions gave him a three-year, $18 million contract. He got 8.8 million guaranteed. And that number, the guaranteed number is actually 10th among all running backs who are not on the rookie contract. So that feels high for David Montgomery. He seems to me like a replacement level running no, back. He, this is what I'm saying. He's good, or at least he's above average. I'll put it that he's way. He's there. Um, I do think, I will say in all seriousness, that I think he's better than Jamal Williams was last year. And obviously I don't think you're going to, we're going to see a recreation of what Jamal Williams did last year, where he scored whatever it was, 18 touchdowns and led the NFL in touchdowns. But situation and environment really does matter for running backs. I feel like we're kind of losing that thread a little bit when it comes to David Montgomery, just comparing. So first of all, David Montgomery was RB 23 last year. He was the RB 27 in points per game. So, you know, low end RB two, again, not super exciting, but whatever. We've got him as our RB 27. I think that's his absolute floor on this lions team. If you, if you compare the lions and the bears last year, the lions were fifth in points per game. The bears were 23rd in points per game. The lions, uh, rushed for 880 yards and 23 touchdowns. Sorry, Lions running backs did that. 
The Bears running back. 1,800 yards. Not 800, 1,800. 1,800 yards, 23 touchdowns. Bears running backs rush for 1,600 yards and only nine touchdowns as a team. The Lions, and this is from Fantasy Points, the Lions team expected fantasy points last year was 1,300. The Bears was 880. There's like a 400-point difference in fantasy points expected. Um, And that's just all, that's a long way of saying the Lions offense is so much fucking better than the Bears offense. And they're going to score so many more points than the Bears offense did last year. And I think David Montgomery being in this new situation, like I said, like RB7, that was what he was last year on the shitty Bears team, shitty Bears offense. And now he's on a very good offense. He's probably going to score a lot of touchdowns, probably not as many touchdowns as Jamal Williams, but his opportunities are just going to skyrocket. Last year, and this isn't even in inside the five-yard line. We talk about like Jamal Williams rushing from inside the five a lot. From inside the 10-yard line, Jamal Williams rushed 45 times. David Montgomery, 16 last year. So I think he's just going to convert more of those into touchdowns. He's, and I think he's going to outplay his ADP. So I, I think he's a sleeper. He's the first team all boring team. I think this is exactly yeah. like this is if you want, if you think you're trying to fade hype, sexiness, and you just think the 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 edge in the market is people that are completely boring. You don't think about ever. I think this is David Montgomery's your guy. I like your pitch, DK. But then when I go in and look at David Montgomery in our rankings, we have him as our 27th running back. Every guy ahead of him, though, I, I feel like I'd still, even though I like David <laughs> Montgomery enough and I think he's a solid pick, I'm like, would I have him over... Rashad White, probably not. Madison, right. probably not. Kamara, probably not. Miles Sanders, probably not. And I'm like, well, maybe he is properly ranked, but he is still a good pick at where he is ranked. Yeah. You know what? David Montgomery's everyone's cup of tea, but he's no one shot of whiskey. You know what I mean? Because I look at the guys <laughs> even we have after David Montgomery, and I'm just looking at this list after him. James Cook, sexy. Joe Burrow, sexy. Darren Waller, sexy to me. DeAndre Swift, that I, I love DeAndre Swift. Sexy. Sex appeal. <laughs> Great name. David Montgomery's cute. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not exactly. he's a he's nice not guy. turning heads in high school. The girls aren't <laughs> after him like that. He's cute. He's he's like he, he's, he's gonna fun do better to sit later next in to life. in English for yeah. a semester. DeAndre Swift is the exact opposite, where DeAndre Swift, right in the same range, is like the ex- absurdly, absurdly hot person who's probably like pretty crazy, but he's so high up on the crazy hot scale yeah. that you're it's like, Oh it. my god. But I but this the flip side, Bill always talks about this, like Bill and with teams or fantasy, it's like buying a distressed asset. DeAndre Swift. Mm -hmm. Do you remember one year ago, DeAndre Swift thousands, thousands, maybe billions of people were taking DeAndre Swift in the second round of drafts. One year ago, he was like the 15th pick overall in fantasy. And it was a disaster year. He was hurt and he was benched and the coaches hated him. And Jamal Williams got literally all the goal line touches. And all right. Yeah, that's bad. DeAndre Swift, we have him 70th this year, give or take. I mean, on ESPN, DeAndre Swift's 89th. Like, if if you're drafting on ESPN between now and the season, DeAndre Swift is behind A.J. Dillon. He's 30 spots behind Javante Williams. One year ago, before Javante Williams hurt his knee, DeAndre Swift was a full round ahead of Javante Williams. And since then, Javante Williams has shredded his knee, returned, and is still 25, 30 spots ahead of DeAndre Swift. What are we doing here? If it's an auction draft, you can get DeAndre Swift for $3. That's crazy to me. The funny thing about Swift is... He he finished as the RB22 last year. He was like, fine. He didn't live up to his ADP, but he didn't wreck you either. You know what I mean? Like he was he was not great, but he was not atrocious either in, in that Lions offense. And so, um, yeah, in, in, now in an offense with like such a great O-line, I think he's an absolute value. I think people are just like worried that he's 
they just don't know how this whole rotation is going to work out. And I think they're under undervaluing him because of that. I agree. We don't know. But like, there's a lot of things we don't know about the season. I, I'm just, I'm not to pick on ESPN, but I'm just, I'm looking at ESPN's rankings. And again, if you're doing um, an auction on ESPN, it's like $4 for DeAndre's. You know what I mean? I, like, I feel that way about yeah. every Eagles running yeah. back. They're all like $5. I would just draft them all. One of them's going to hit. <laughs> And that's yeah. kind of the thing. Look, we can go into like yards before contact and specifics of but at the end of the day, he was a second round pick one year ago and I was the Eagles traded for him. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Probably somewhere in between the second and the ninth round. Apparently the or ostensibly the Eagles like him because they traded for him. The Lions clearly did not like him and he was still a, yeah. a RB exactly. twenty two. So <laughs> yeah. All right, Craig, who's your uh, light little light sleep dad nap here? Yeah, Alexander Madison is my guy <laughs> here. Who's going around 50th? Alexander Madison was the, the most elite handcuff in fantasy football for two straight years. All we talked about is like, if you're going to get a handcuff, get Madison. If Dalvin Cook ever gets hurt, Madison's amazing. And you know what? Every time Dalvin Cook got hurt, Madison was amazing. Whether or not you think he's actually good, the volume he got and the mm -hmm. numbers he put up were fantastic. Dalvin Cook's missed four games the last two seasons. In those four games, Madison averaged 19 fantasy points a game. Last year, that would have been wow. first in fantasy football. <laughs> Dalvin Cook shabby. is on a different team. He essentially tore his ACL, and it is now Madison's time. They have no other running backs. They have a second round, a fifth round rookie from last year, Ty Chandler, who got hurt last year, and that's kind of it. And and for some reason, we just stepped into this season and we're all like, actually, Madison's gross now. When he was a backup, he was sexy, but now that he's a starter, he's gross. And it's the same role. Like, I feel like if it was week five and Dalvin Cook was still on the Vikings and he got hurt, we'd all be like, oh my God, spend $100 on Alexander <laughs> Madison of your free agent auction budget because he's he's truly an RB1 when Dalvin Cook is out. But for some reason, now that Dalvin Cook's officially out, we don't see Madison that way. Why is he like top 10? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's truly, it is truly because we don't believe he's good, but you're right. The volume is almost surely going to be there. Well, probably. I'll, probably I'll give you a volume there. stat. When Madison was playing, when Dalvin was hurt, he got 77% of team rushing attempts. That would have been second last year behind only Josh Jacobs. His target share was, was seventh in, among running backs. Like the dude's just getting elite work when he's on the field. I think that the, not stylistically, but in terms of fantasy football, the comparison for Alex Madison was Tony Pollard, where it's like Tony Pollard was behind Ezekiel Elliott and Alex Madison was behind Dalvin Cook. And if one of them got hurt, that guy's like, oh, true, one for one backup will get all the work and be good and they hurt. And Alex Madison was in fantasy good. I think the difference is on a per touch basis, Tony Pollard, as Deke loves to say, is like, I don't know, the best player in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Not really, but it always seemed that way because, right. you know, he was always good on a per touch basis. Madison just got a lot of touches and was there. And I think the two problems are one to your point, half the games he filled in were against the lions and the, like the worst run defense in the league. And the other one is the difference between Madison and like Tony Pollard gets the job with Zeke Elliott, you know, gone. And we're like, Oh, he's a top 15 player, probably still undervalued. The difference is Alex Madison has 404 career carries. One has gone longer than 24 yards. Why is he higher than Najee? Why is he lower than Najee Harris? I, it's funny. I actually, when I have that note, I have parentheses Najee Harris ass written down next to him. Yeah, uh, that is I a Najee the, Harris ass stat. And Najee Harris has Jalen Warren sniffing up his butt. And Alexander <laughs> Madison's got nobody. I think that's probably the fair thing is that he, Najee, Alex Madison's probably like the Kirkland brand Najee Harris because honestly, Najee Harris, like the Steelers being committed to giving him a lot of touches. But now Jalen Warren might get some like that's that's fair. 
Uh, Malice, uh, Madison just, you're, I mean, look, him and David Montgomery, these are two boring running backs to me. I'm just, I would just kind of rather have the receivers around them. Like Christian Watson's right there. I'm like, I'd rather just have Christian Watson. Is it, Craig, are you worried at all that the Madison numbers that we cite so frequently came when he was playing for a different coach? Because last year he started zero games. Like he, he you well, yeah, know, Dalvin he, didn't get hurt last year. And yeah. the year before that, it was the Mike Zimmer team. Like it was a totally different coaching staff. And so I think there's two question marks with him that make me just shy away is that number one, I don't think he's very good <laughs> or he's not, I don't think he's special. Put it that way. I There's think one he's problem like, happy. Yeah. <laughs> You're not any good. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen him skate? You're a hockey player. Uh, but yeah, like to me, he's just, I don't know if he's special. Number two, like I don't think we know really how the team is going to use their running back rotation. So that those are the two things that I'm just like, I'm out. I think those are pretty soft excuses i mean like <laughs> hey dk stop being Cook's a bitch <laughs> that's what craig said you're acting like a bitch right now uh yeah that's fair i mean honestly like scared money don't make money kind of deal is is certainly true but like hell yeah he's just know. boring that's it yeah that part of our rankings at fantasy football.theringer.com we have just about just all these like really boring guys next to all these really sexy guys i mean you know i mean we got Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, King of the Boring, Alvin Kamara, obviously a huge name, Tyler Lockett, King of the Borings, Lamar Jackson, extremely sexy player, Alex Madison, extremely boring, DeAndre Hopkins, really like fun player, Christian Watson, sexy, Justin Fields, sexy, James Conner, extremely boring, just like, just like, like your little Myers-Briggs test right there for you. By the way, Madison last year was second in missed uh, tackles force per attempt. Also, the Vikings, as we speak, waved rookie Dwayne McBride, who people thought might have a chance at like playing over him. <laughs> it's I just think Madison's going to Madison. get twenty touches a game. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe just I'm the new, like discount Derrick Henry. All right, let's get to more normal sleepers. These are like REM sleepers. DK. Yeah, classic. So, Good old Rick and Morty. I hemmed, fun sleepers. hemmed and hawed over this one because I really like him. But I think there is a reason he's a sleeper. It's another guy who's just kind of boring. Brian Robinson Jr. for the Commanders, who is our running back 33, overall 84th. We're a little bit above consensus on him in terms of ADP. So I I think that makes a lot of sense. To me, it's just basically, there's a couple factors here. Number one, the man got shot in the leg twice, and then he played football last year. If you expect that he's going to be at like full speed after getting shot in the leg, like he got shot in the knee and the thigh, right? Like those are important things for running. Um, (laughs) And he still came in, played pretty well and took like essentially took Antonio Gibson's job more or less. Like a lot of people thought Gibson was going to be, you know, their three down guy, like super heavy volume. And Brian Robinson came in and was playing a very important big role. And so, um, Going forward, I don't necessarily think that he's going to take over that backfield. It's very much looking like it's going to be a split. But I think the team really likes Brian Robinson. I don't think they're as high on Antonio Gibson from everything we've heard over the last year or two. And I think there's just this chance that Brian Robinson is going to be more consistent, more reliable, versatile in both the passing game and on the ground throughout the year and could end up having like a bigger role as the year goes on. He's going to get most of the goal line stuff, most of the short down and distance stuff because he's a big, tough, physical runner. Um, and there's also just this chance that the Washington commander's offense is slightly better than we're thinking they're going to be. So to me, he's a pretty good sleeper, not expensive at all, kind of in those middle to late rounds. And I think you can use him as an RB too. There, there are certain players every year where like, again, you like you build out 
all these rankings you're like, oh, well, how efficient are they per touch? And how many touches do we think they're going to get? And portions of the offense. And there, every three or four plays every year, I'm like, well, what does that have to do with it? Brian Robinson, I'm like, 3.9 yards per carry last year. I'm like, he played football. That was, <laughs> like, that's incredible. Like, he, he got, got shot. shot. He almost, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I completely agree. I also think, I don't know. Brian, I, first of all, at some point in fantasy, you do want people to root for. I don't know, man. Right, also, right, like, right. I think he actually could just totally catch passes. I, I just kind of believe in him more than Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I think Gibson's going to have his role as a pass catcher. And I think he is good in that role as sort of like a, a guy that you can move around the formation. He He's able to run vertical routes and things like that. But like in terms of just being a pure running back, like coaches like we talk about this all the time. Coaches get their guys and the guys they trust. And those guys tend as the year goes on to get the more valuable touches. You know what I mean? And so like especially around the goal line and in situation high, high. Uh, leverage situations and coaches tend to go with the guys they trust. And so I think Brian Robinson is that type of player. Like he does the dirty work. He's just a good, you know, sort of gritty runner and he, he breaks tackles and he's physical. He has good vision. Um, one of the things that we heard over the last year or two with Brian, uh, with Antonio Gibson is just like he, his vision and decision-making was not very strong. And that makes sense because he was a receiver in college. And so I don't know, to me, I'm just like banking on Brian Robinson sort of, winning over the coaching staff as the year goes on. I love that we came out of the gate here with four straight mid-round dead zone running backs. <laughs> Good job. Well, I, I can fix that. Yeah. This is like go. in the last I show, can... Craig, when we just talked about injured guys the whole time. <laughs> what if they were healthy? I mean, look, and it was mainly injured like running backs. I, I get it. There's a lot of value. If you can find the running backs in, they're all cheaper this year. Running backs are, the value of a running back has been probably as deflated as, as it's ever been in fantasy football. And five years ago, all these guys would have been like third, fourth round picks. And now you can get them in like the fifth, sixth, and seventh. So if you can find the right ones, they're a value. Yeah, it is funny that you could, in theory, like it's actually totally possible this year to just get like Tyree Killer Cooper Cup in the first round, and you could get Tony Pollard, Joe Mixon, and Ramondre Stevenson in the like two, three, four. That's yeah. totally possible, and that is unthinkable in previous seasons. But I'm going to fix it. We all let's do receivers. Here are my sleeper receivers. Uh, it's like all of them between I don't know the 70th or 80th, like anything after the eighth round, like all the receivers are good. We have Jahan Dots, Jahan Dotson for Washington, our wide receiver 36, 83 uh, overall. We have Brandon Cooks for Dallas, Jordan Addison in Minnesota, Traylon Burks for Tennessee, Gabe Davis for Buffalo. All these guys, all these guys are sleepers. Like Jordan I love Addison this group. is the it's true. It's like I want in a perfect draft, like any no basically no matter what is going on in a draft, I want a double, if not triple tap from this group. Whether, you know, if you want like receivers and you end up hitting a bunch of running backs and quarterbacks and tight ends early and you're like, oh, I'm kind of behind a receiver. Or you can start with three receivers out of the gate, not hit it at all, and then come back here and, and like just kind of whatever you want to do. Keep coming back to this group. Jordan Addison is a rookie, but I think it's the perfect compliment to Justin Jefferson. Basically think that I don't know if there is one or two other teams in the league that would be better suited for his skill set than Minnesota. Dotson is, again, perceived to be the two to Terry McLaurin. It's really more of a 1B. And that's. Terry McLaurin has a toe injury. It's not crazy to think he could miss some time. Jahan Dotson is so underrated. Traylon Burks, first round receiver last year. Good as a rookie when he played. Had an injury this offseason. Like, he's already back from the injury. Like, it, Traylon Burks is basically the cheapest he's ever been at any point in his career, even though he's going to his second season. Gabe Davis, post-type sleeper, uh, burned people last year. Mm. Nothing about Gabe Davis' situation has changed. He's going 40 spots cheaper. And then Brandon Cooks. Again, another boring dude. Literally been a top 20 receiver every year he's been healthy. Not counting last year when he quiet quit because the Texans were tanking. Now he's on the Cowboys, the best season he's had in years. <laughs> and it's like, just boom. 
top 20 guy every year of his career, you get at like 40th. And I just, this group to me overall is there. I, the up it's small misses and big hits. I, I just look at this and I'm like, I, I, it's hard to see barring health. These guys like being tremendously disappointing at costs, but it's very easy to see them being like outrageously helpful. I agree with this a lot. I think so Dotson in particular, we've been excited about. I think he's just an eye test guy that has like true potential to be like one of the best receivers in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like he, I think he looks like he's that good. And then Jordan Addison, just a savvy route runner, good, you know, great hands, playmaker, former Bolitnikov winner. He can go deep and he's playing an offense that's probably going to pass a lot and has Justin Jefferson across from him. So he's going to get single coverage all day long. So those two in particular, I'm excited about it. I am excited about Traylon Burks too, if he can stay healthy. Um, and then Gabe Davis, like you mentioned it, he was injured from like week two on and he was playing on one leg essentially. And this is a piece of, uh, this is an offense you want a piece of. So all those guys are very interesting to me. You know what I like about this group, Heifetz, is we always go back to how difficult it is to have a wide receiver with shitty quarterbacks. The I have the worst fucking attorney, guys. Every guy on this list, other than, I guess you could say, Jahan Dotson, has a quarterback that you can actually have faith in. Brandon Cooks has Dak Prescott. Addison has Kirk Cousins. Traylon Burks has Tannehill, who is respectable. And obviously, Gabe Davis has Josh Allen. So other than Dotson, like, you're not going to have to be sweating out every pass from these quarterbacks. To these Miracles. Guys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It's Honestly, you look at the receivers ahead of them, or like a, we keep calling it the dread zone because there's the running back dead zone, but now there's the receiver dread zone of all these very talented receivers with very questionable quarterbacks, like, you know, Michael Pittman with Anthony Richardson, and then, you know, Godwin and Mike Evans with Baker Mayfield and like all these receivers on Drake London, who I love, but has Desmond Ritter. And yeah, then DJ these are kind of like Justin Fields. Yeah. These are like the up and coming receivers who are younger than them, but except for cooks, but they have glasses on and you're like, Oh my God, three weeks in, they take the glasses and off. And a ponytail. Like, oh God. Yeah. Dotson let their hair down. It's like John Dotson's beautiful. <laughs> We are supported by NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV. If you're a fantasy football fan who finds yourself far, far away from your home team, NFL Sunday Ticket is a must-have. You can watch up to four live games at once with multi-view on YouTube and YouTube TV, making it easier than ever to keep up with all your fantasy players on Sundays. Week one, almost here. Players that I most want to watch in week one. I am just fascinated by, I know I'm broken record, but it's, Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. And then, uh, this is kind of weird. Anthony Richardson and, and Trevor Lawrence. The Jags are playing the Colts. Anthony Richardson, Trevor Lawrence, though, like that, that actually could be like a cool rivalry for a decade. I love that one. Both are very exciting offenses. I mean, Anthony Richardson is like must-watch TV. Box week, office. So very much looking forward to that one. I'm, I want to watch our boy Kenny Pickett of the yeah. Steelers go against the 49ers. What a test to start the, to start the season. The 49ers, one of the best defenses in the NFL. I want to see if Kenny Pickett can live up to his preseason hype. Heifetz, you want to talk about the future of the quarterback position? Kenny Pickett versus Brock Purdy. The most unlikeliest of futures, but <laughs> now a possibility. Toss in George Pickens and you have an, you have an entertaining Mr. football Mr. Irrelevant game. Brock Purdy versus the <laughs> It's Always Sunny small hands lawyer, Kenny Pickett. Two titans. Can't wait. Thanks to NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV for sponsoring this segment. There's no better way to keep up with all your fantasy players out of market Sunday afternoon games. And right now you can get $50 off your subscription when you sign up at youtube.com slash ringer fantasy. That's youtube.com slash ringer fantasy. Terms and blackout restrictions apply. Offer ends September 19th. All right. Any other uh, any other normie sleepers you got, Craig? Off our YouTube TV high here? I, I had trouble deciding between which 
Baltimore wide receiver I like, but one of yeah. them is going to pop. Rashad Bateman or Zay Flowers is going to pop in this new high-powered, spread it out, Todd Munkin, Baltimore offense. Zay Flowers is a rookie who came in from Boston College. He's absolutely electric. He's been compared to Tyreek Hill and has looked great in preseason. And then you have Rashad Bateman, who's in his third year. He's been super injured. He had Liz Frank surgery in November. But when he's been on the field, he's also been fantastic. Both these guys, the Ravens drafted in the first round. And one of them will make an impact and will be very good. I just couldn't figure out which I want. So I, I'm, I'm almost like hedging by, by, by listing both here. But I think one will make an impact, a big one. Yeah, I like both of these two. I, I, I did a auction league draft a couple of weeks back and landed Bateman for, I think, like a dollar or $2. People just aren't They're excited so about cheap. him right now. Um, Both these guys are going outside of 100th. Flowers is going 112th yeah. and Bateman's going 143rd. I mean, you, yeah. these guys are real late in drafts. Yeah, and, and but both of these guys, first-round picks, and like you said, Craig, they're going to be in an offense that looks completely different than what we're used to and what we've seen in Baltimore the last few years. So there's more ceiling, I think, this year than ever before in Baltimore, or certainly in the Lamar Jackson era, just because, you know, before... Not only was Baltimore like one of the most run heavy teams in the NFL by far, in one of the most run heavy teams sort of in like NFL history or at least modern history. They were medieval. Yeah. They were also the one of the slowest teams. Like they would run the, like fewer plays per second or whatever in, in, during games than almost any team. They would always go really slow. They want to grind you down, you know, run the clock, run the ball. The clock keeps running, all that stuff. And so there's been a lot of talk this offseason about how they might go way more up-tempo. So they're going to be running more plays. There's more opportunity for scoring, more opportunities for fantasy points. I don't know. I just think there's a chance this offense looks completely, completely different than what we've expected and what we've come to know. And so these are that's why these guys are getting severely underrated. I think it's I think it's a little bit like object permanence where we don't know what... Because we haven't seen this offense really yet, Like we, we can't imagine it. And that's why subconsciously we're thinking of these players like they're in the old Ravens offense. Like, yeah. Flowers yeah. and Bateman going outside the top 100. I, I think that people just have a hard time envisioning multiple Ravens receivers, let alone one, actually having an impact. Right. Exactly. I think you're totally right, Craig. It's kind of like what DK always says. We're rookie. At the end of the day, you're trying to pull trigger on someone you're going to pick and there's a rookie receiver and you're like, well, but what if, what if? And it's because you don't have the positive associations to balance it out. It's hard for your imagination to actually outweigh the negative questions. And so they just fall and fall, kind of always end up being values. And it's the same with the Ravens. Like, oh, well, well, but I've seen. And yeah, you start the about Lamar. And people playoffs, are like, oh, I've had a Ravens receiver before. It didn't work out. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It could work for us. <laughs> All right. Deeper sleepers. Comatose. Yeah. These are like true late round flyers. If you're in a 10, if you're in a 10 team league, Honestly, these are probably fringe draft picks, priority waivers, 12-team league. These are probably last year, your last picks, depending on who we're talking about, obviously. But keep in mind, DK, give us some late-round flyers, like your last pick that you look back on your draft and you're like, oh, my God, what a steal. Like the guys yeah. that after week one or two, people might be like, oh, trying to like bid on. Sticking with the rookie theme here, um, there's at least three guys. There's actually probably more than this, but I, I singled out Marvin Mims of the Broncos, Jaden Reed of the Packers and Jalen Hyatt of the Giants, because number one, they're all like $1 players end of your complete end of your draft. No one's going to be bidding with you on these guys or, you know, trying to get these guys too early in a snake draft, but they're rookie receivers. They're all relatively highly drafted and, and, you know, good pedigree in terms of like how they were uh, scouted coming into the NFL. And they're all playing with what could be decently good quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, this isn't Patrick Mahomes or whatever, but like, 
you know, we got Russell Wilson, who's had a history of having elite, elite efficiency passing down the field. I think he pairs up perfectly with Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims has made his way up the, the depth chart over the offseason because they've had several guys get hurt for, and lost for the season. And so it's looking like Marvin Mims is legitimately the number two in Denver. And so I think he's probably my favorite one in this group. But Jaden Reed is another guy who's playing a ton of snaps with the ones. I liked him a lot coming out. He was a second round pick for them. You know, Jordan Love has been much more impressive than I kind of anticipated in the preseason. I think there's a chance this offense could be a little bit more efficient than we're expecting. And then, of course, with Jalen Hyatt, every time he's on the field, I feel like he flashes in the preseason. Um, you know, there was a, a replay going around from this last week where he smoked Sauce Gardner on a double move downfield. As a Giants fan, I will admit that was uh, extraordinarily out of context. But it, it did look What do cool, you mean? But it was... What, what is, what's the context that it was out of? The video is clipped to make it look like Sauce Gardner's one-on-one, but he has safety help, so he's playing underneath him because it's, he's Hyatt's gotcha. basically double-covered. So a couple things. Yes, that's probably true, but also, number one, the way that they got him released from the line of scrimmage, they ran him across the field on, on motion, and that's like a big thing with, with him is like last year, Jalen Hyatt for Tennessee was basically always getting free release off the line of scrimmage, and that was why he was able to get behind defenses like almost every single play and and win the Belitnikov and be just like this massively productive player. There's some worry going into the NFL that like he's going to get caught up on bigger, stronger corners, but they were moving him around the formation. That was, that was helpful and helping him get and his double move. I think was still really good regardless of what happened. Um, but that's not just, that's not the only play. Like he's, he's had a couple of plays where he got behind a defense in, in the preseason. And I don't know, I'm just kind of excited about that and, and combine that with the fact that, you know, the giants have a bunch of, slot receiver, like middling slot receivers. I feel like there's not a lot of competition for him to move up the depth chart. So these are all just guys that I think maybe they're going to be a little frustrating early on in the season. But as the season goes on, we've seen this year in and year out. Rookie receivers emerge as like very, very valuable starters in the second half of the season. So these are guys to just keep in mind, stash them on your bench, whatever, maybe pick them off off waivers if you want in a couple of weeks. But to me, they're, they're guys definitely worth monitoring. I love all these guys. If I had to pick one, I love Jalen Hyatt, but if I had to pick one of these guys to leave on waivers to start the season, it would be probably Hyatt because I think the Giants have yeah. established guys yeah. like Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins probably starting over him plus Darren Waller. I, I think it's hard to see Hyatt being, I mean, honestly, like probably the poor man's Will Fuller to start the season of like touchdown or bust, kind of like a baby Mike, like a malnourished Mike Evans, just like <laughs> 40 points or zero. Yeah, but yeah. The, guy, the guys I love, Marvin Mims, I, we didn't talk about this enough running up to the draft. Marvin Mims has the record for receiving yards at high school in Texas high school. In Texas football. high school, I think. Yeah. 2,500 yards as a senior, like 32 touchdowns. Which might, the it might be time. the national record. I don't know for sure. Like Probably, yeah. It's, I mean, if it's the Texas so, record. He feels like a guy where it's week six and he's like the wide receiver 16. And everyone's yeah. like, oh. And that's the thing. Marvin Mims is going to start in week one. And then the other, Jonathan Mingo for the Panthers, kind of think he's just going to start in week one. So I love all those receivers and also shamelessly plugged on from people's Jones for the Browns too, because he's not necessarily. Did you say people's Jones that time? People's Jones. Yeah. Did you see all those emails of everybody upset with (laughs) you for calling him Donovan people Jones? (laughs) Well, it was just, I was just, it's, you know why it's because I Donovan people's, I don't know, like get the people Jones flows off the tongue. Too too many. I do know his name is. Yeah. I said it right. I didn't the want first to say anything times. in the moment because I didn't want to be that guy who's like, you're actually pronouncing it wrong. Cause I knew you I was, knew. Yeah. yeah, he did. I was uh, animated. Same, same, Craig. Yeah. I knew he say knew. it really fast. <laughs> the, the S it is a bit down. of a tongue like, twister. Yeah. Donovan mm-hmm. Peoples Jones. People's yeah, Jones. People's Joneses. It almost the turn. Like you know what word sucks is thousands. 
Sa- thousands. DTHS yeah. to end the word. NDTHS. Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> thousands. Yeah, you sound pretty dumb when you slow it's this down. It's cruel yeah. for us to try and pronounce that. Uh, Hyphens, I like the People's Jones one, though. I think he's he's a big time sleeper because he's, he's straight be, up started. He's getting overshadowed by Elijah Moore. Everyone's all horny for uh, yeah. Elijah Moore. Donovan and also, Jones he was pretty four good inches last taller, year. forty pounds heavier, and starts for the Cleveland Browns, and is one year older. He had like eight hundred yards last year, or something. Yeah. Does Elijah Moore even have more than eight hundred in his career? Barely. I, I do remember having him at least on a dynasty team, but he was startable like down the stretch. He wasn't like going to be a, have a super high ceiling, but he was like a flex guy that you could plug into your lineup and feel fine about it. You know, he was getting a solid amount of targets. Uh, yeah, and especially if Watson makes makes a big jump this year, this is another team that. Apparently or reportedly, everyone expects them to be kind of totally different schematically than they have been in the past. There's a bunch of reports that they're going to be more spread out, more high tempo, um, more opportunity to pass and and be less run heavy like they've been the last couple of years. While you're talking about guys that are kind of like startable, all my my sleepers, my comatose late round flyers. There's so many of these, these, not not even just late round. You might have to go a couple picks early in late rounds, but it doesn't matter. It's just all these running backs, all the flexes with benefits. As DK said, it was not a handcuff because a handcuff was like to Alex Madison with Dalvin Cook, where Alex Madison mm-hmm. has zero value if Dalvin Cook plays. But yeah. if Dalvin Cook gets hurt, then Alex Madison's the top 10 running back. The flex with benefits is these are guys that actually you could probably start on a bye week and you could just put them at a flex and they're playable. They actually have value. But if someone also got hurt, then they'd be a top 10 running back. All these guys, Jalen Warren. For the Steelers is like now the Kirkland brand Tony Pollard and Najee Harris is now the Kirkland brand Zeke Elliott. Jalen Warren's an incredible value right now. Tank Bigsby for the Jaguars. Like maybe he has a goal line role plus more receiving. I don't know. Worst case you could cut him, but kind of think there's work on the Jaguars. Tyler Algier for the Falcons. I think he's going to play way more than we've talked about. Like Bijan Robinson Falcons obviously going to play a lot, but Tyler Algier was the, had the most rushing yards ever for rookie for Atlanta. I think he's going to actually get like a pretty healthy amount of work even if Bijan's totally healthy all year. And then yeah. Jeff Wilson for the Dolphins, again, just a starting running back that just maybe might just start in week one and is just out there available, like after a top 150 picks. And then as much as you mentioned Alex Madison, Craig, you bring this full circle. Ty Chandler for the Vikings. I don't know what the breakdown's going to be, but like he's just out there. He's free. I like Ty Chandler. <laughs> sure. Craig. Craig's like, fuck this. Fifth guy. rounder, Ty Chandler, who like <laughs> broke his foot last year. Yeah. What a great profile. Yeah. Yeah. He had a good day, though. <laughs> <laughs> what he finished dead last yeah yeah what he yeah, get zero touches though. last year yeah yeah <laughs> but, fine <laughs> ignore tyler Algier, a thousand yard rusher He's too busy winning okay alexander madison's too busy being the best running back in fantasy when he starts <laughs> uh, the guy i do think completely off the radar that's really interesting sean tucker he's the rookie running back at a syracuse he's a plotter I don't I don't know the best way to describe him. I think that he's kind of thing kind of runner that old school coaches would love. He was a very highly ranked running back in this year's draft. And then they discovered in the pre-draft process he had a heart condition. So he actually went undrafted. Then the Bucs actually went out of their way and gave him like one of the largest signing bonuses ever for undrafted free agent. He made the roster. It's kind of gonna be him and Rashad White. And so Sean Tucker, I, I think totally can see him kind of leading our like w- waiver ad show for week one. So Sean Tucker is a guy that um, keep a name out, especially if you're in like a 12, 14 team league. That's deep, man. I feel like Sean Tucker more than anybody we've discussed on this entire offseason, is the, is the least known player that we've talked about. Sean Tucker is that's comatose. That's like <laughs> sleeping beauty. I think he's got, he's, he's an interesting one. He's got some explosiveness. He's got some explosive traits and he, 
in theory could fa- factor into the to the passing game. So yeah, there's some there's some things to like there. I you know I wasn't like super high on him necessarily, and then the the condition that made him go undrafted came up. But um, there's definitely a lot of people in like the dynasty world that really like him. So he's definitely one to watch. Also, a great fantasy pun team name if you draft Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker must die. Anybody? Anybody out there seen John Tucker Must Die, the movie? Oh my gosh, that's Nobody? an old, that's way back. Oh, it's a classic. John Tucker Must Die, great early aughts movie. <laughs> Hi, have you seen it? I don't think I saw John Tucker Must Die. Wow, okay, all right. Well, check it I've out. Heard, I've heard of it, Craig. I know you're talking also, about. it's kind of freak, it's kind of fucked up considering his heart condition, but you know, it's all right. Well, you know, humor and tragedy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, My comatose guy here is uh, a tight end. This is for all the people who, if you're drafting Kyle Pitts or somebody like that, and you want to back up just in case, somebody who might pop late, Jawan Johnson of the Saints, you can get him. Mm. He's literally going undrafted. He's going 175th in drafts right now. He's an undrafted free agent out of Oregon. This is his third year. Or sorry, this is his fourth year. He was signed by the Saints. He's a converted wide receiver. He had seven touchdowns last year. Third on the Saints in targets last year, Jawan Johnson. Um, he's got a great rapport with, with Derek Carr in camp, Derek Carr. I know this is stupid and means nothing. And all these <laughs> players just say this bullshit, uh, on uh, when they're getting interviewed, but he recommended drafting Juwan Johnson. If you have a fantasy football team, you need to tight yep. end. I just think this offense is actually going to be better than people think. They have a really easy schedule and Juwan Johnson could be the red zone target for the saints this year. And if you want to get a guy outside of the top 150 who could catch seven, eight, nine, Dare I say 10 touchdowns? John Johnson is a is a fantastic $1 pick. Dare I say? Craig, I think you I think you missed it when we when we did the show without you earlier. We were talking about this because I think it was either Jawan Johnson oh, yeah. or Derek Carr was saying <laughs> Called like, him a long lost brother. <laughs> yeah. We're like, I'm in. This is like the new Cooper Cup having breakfast with Matt Stafford narrative that we Well, love. yeah, and Derek Carr was talking to his brother David Carr, I believe, and told David Carr to draft Jawan Johnson. Yes. Yes. That's the third brother. It's actually David, Derek, and Jawan. <laughs> it's like me, Schrager, and McVay. Sean McVay. Three brothers. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I will Juwan say, Johnson. To, to back Craig up, this has been a guy that I've been really into since last year. I, he's one of those, like, check the tape guys who I think he's actually really good, too. Um, there's just a lot of, like, moving pieces because the Saints have literally three tight ends that we have to fucking think about yeah they have Taysom Hill they have Foster Moreau and then can we talk about how Jimmy Graham is still playing football and didn't didn't play last year and it's like you know what I'm 36 let's come back and now he's on the Saints he reportedly had like a seizure and wandered into traffic which is you know very scary clearly and then this next game this past weekend he had like a ridiculously sick catch up the seam and then he caught a touchdown on like a a classic Jimmy Graham box out in the end zone. I'm like, we got to worry about four tight ends now. (laughs) (laughs) I love Juwan Johnson. He's very good, but also they have four tight ends. So I don't know, but I'm into it. Seven touchdowns last year is not nothing. Not nothing. Every year we delude ourselves into thinking there will be some late round sleeper tight end that will just make your team. And those people are delusional. However, this year it could work for us. Jawan <laughs> Johnson, Dalton Kincaid, rookie tight end for the Bills, Sam Laporta, rookie tight end for the Lions, Luke Musgrave, rookie tight end for the Packers. You know what? Rookie tight ends historically, famously never work. But you know what? This year it'll work for us. Obviously. It will. Gerald Everett for the chart, the LA teams, Gerald Everett for the Chargers, Tyler Higby for the Rams. If you do wait on tight end, you're like, you know what? I don't really want to get Pat Fryermuth in the ninth round. Then these are your guys. What could go wrong? 
I love all three of those guys. Cade Laporta, Musgrave. Just build your whole team out of rookie tight ends. The reason why rookie tight ends don't pop is because they don't play. And the difference this year is Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave, and Dalton Kincaid are playing a lot in preseason. They've been playing 80, 90% of snaps. We have to make a pact, though, which is this was a historically great tight end class. And if these good rookie tight ends aren't good, that we can never do this ever again. <laughs> Get the momentum. It'll be tattoo. a memento tattoo at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. This, this year, it's going to be different. All right. As long as we make a blood pact here. Okay. Those are our sleepers. Time for some emails. Emails. Sorry, that was weird. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> We're keeping that in. You went extra nasally. <laughs> Incredible. Emails. <laughs> it's been smoky here, so I've cut kind of like a, a thing, you know, like a nasal thing going on. Are you blaming your weird voice on wildfire smoke? I'm blaming my weird voice on, yeah, on cl climate change. Climate change. Got so, it. Yeah. It's not my fault. It's, it's the boomers. <laughs> All right. We got an email. Uh, Danny. It's those boomers out there driving done something. <laughs> Sorry. It's not funny. This is more okay. gallows humor. Yeah. It, well, it's kind of funny. What are you going to do? Like, not laugh about the world that day? What are we going to do? Sure. Yeah. We laugh so we don't cry. Recycle? All right. Danny and DK were talking about Bon Jovi a few shows ago. I had a roommate in college whose girlfriend thought the lyrics to the song Living on a Prayer were actually Living on Bread. <laughs> and she thought it was a song about a family going through hard times. How how could you confuse that? I don't. There's a lot of weird lyric things that people get, but like that one, living up. Like, I don't. Uh, I don't know. By the way, living on a bread. <laughs> I don't know how you missed the. Uh. I don't know. I don't living know. on a bread. Heifetz, I mentioned to you when when I was giving Bon Jovi a shout out that uh, my buddy Logan is going to make fun of me for liking Bon Jovi, and I confirmed with him. He in fact loves Bon Jovi, which makes me so much happier. He said, he, do he people me, not goes, like Bon Jovi? I feel like he's no, that's what I said. Writing. No, I think it's more just like the, the impression that they're just like a weird hair band from like, is this about era. Bon Jovi or is this about your relationship with your friend Logan who makes fun <laughs> of all your music? I mean, shit that you just hit me deep, cut me deep there. Sounds um, like you and Logan got some stuff to work yeah, out. What's, what's going no, on? Listen, we this do is what he texts me. Friends though, who bully us, Craig, uh, my friend, Matt, who lives in Los Angeles, <laughs> is like too cool for the big booty remixes. And you're always like, oh yeah, like listen to two friends. I'm like, you know what, man? I can't always just cue an hour of music on a moment's notice. Like sometimes- Get just, over I yourself, want... Matt. I know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, he, Logan, my friend, he texted me. He said, bon, John Bon Jovi has three nonprofit restaurants where he can just eat for free. People can just eat for free. They don't have any money. He regularly works in the dish pit. His songs generally rip and have held up infinitely better than the majority of 80s rock contemporaries. Danny is wrong. That's <laughs> what he texted to me. I feel Anyways. like I don't Talk believe any me? of those things. Like, <laughs> do we just do two truths, one lie? First of all, there's no... Bon Jovi's <laughs> definitely making money off those restaurants. I don't know how, but he is. And secondly, <laughs> he only works in the dish pit when the, there's like a PR shoot That's true. There. Netflix is shooting a show about him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow, so cynical, Craig. Kind of like how the president shows up to, to a hurricane and just like moves like five boxes out of a truck and then leaves. Yeah, there's this new restaurant in LA called Netflix Bites. Netflix opened their own restaurant and they serve food from Netflix food shows. Like celebrity chefs come in and cook the meals from their shows and serve it at the restaurant. And they just did like a big profile of it. And while the, you know, the person covering the story was there, Ted Sarandos happened to be there making a pizza. And they're all like, oh, wow. Oh, Ted Sarandos loves cooking, loves pizza. And it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. How coincident. <laughs> what a coincidence. He's, he happened to be there. Tossing email, a pie us in the a, oven. email us at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com if you have other one weird 
lyric things, but not like I don't know what Rock the Casbah meant. Like really, like how did you come up with that lyric? <laughs> on a or just people in weird photo ops that you don't believe. It's really this is really a low stakes conspiracy. Bon Jovi's son is is engaged to Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> really? Okay. DK, what does that mean to you? <laughs> I know who that actress is. Okay. Okay. She was in Stranger Things. Yeah. Rinsed up by she Bon Jovi is. Jr. Is is Stranger yeah. Things still going on? Still is still a thing? Yeah, there's one more season coming out. Uh I told you this before in the past, Craig, but the main the kid, the cool kid from Stranger Things reminds me of you. I don't remember his name in the show. The uh the, the guy that wears Steve? the sunglasses. The hair? Yeah, Steve. <laughs> Fucking Steve. I, Steve. I don't know if he's the best. things. What's funny is he like becomes less cool throughout the show and you kind of realize he's not that cool and uh, he's just kind of like shit. a normal yeah, that's, dork. That's your arc on this show. That's fine. I feel like you you can't there's there's a limit. There's a ceiling to how cool you can be if you host a fantasy football podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hard hard cut. Fucking you take that back. How dare you, sir? Don't you, you feel cool when you tell people you have a podcast? No, people. No, I, don't, like, I wonder oh, if that will like, ever oh, sound god. cool. Oh god, no. <laughs> when you tell people you have a podcast, ever be cool to say I have a podcast? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think I so either. I'm, it I'm has such a negative less, connotation. Yeah, it's it's some. It'll have to. We'll have to like change the name and like rebrand it because it'll be so like it's. You know the meme where the guy's like explaining to something to the girl in the in the club, and she's just like, yeah. oh my fucking god, yeah. stop talking." It's like radio, that. but it's on demand. You can listen to whatever you want. No, no. I know most people think they have podcasts, but ours actually has a lot of listeners. Because you basically have to say, "I have a podcast," but actually a successful one. Which the connotation, roll off the, the connotation. When I tell this to Jackie's just say it's family members, it's not, it's not good. Any uncles that I meet of Jackie, whenever I say I have a podcast, they the the implicit the, it's implied. They're like, oh, okay, so what do you do for money? I know. I was gonna say, do you do that full time? <laughs> That's like probably the most common response I get. You do that full time? Also, like. As- it's always maligned in media. Like there's, there hasn't been a TV show or movie yet where like the, the person whose job is a podcast host is cool. I just started watching only murders in the building and it's just about making a podcast. Like, uh, that movie with Jonah Hill, uh, which then I have a comedy on Netflix. Like he's a, he's like a radio podcast guy and it's like kind of lame. And then Eddie Murphy thinks it's lame. And then that comedy bros, uh, uh, Billy Eichner is a podcast host, and it's just like it's never painted in a flattering light. Oh, you know what? We've got the Sex in the City reboot. The Sex in the City reboot. She does obviously Sex in obviously everyone knows this, but if you don't, you're not cultured enough. Sex in the City was her column that she wrote, and now in the reboot, Sex in the City oh. is the podcast, and she does it with uh, Bobby Lee, who's. Uh, success and it's fun. It's a fun. It's actually like the coolest podcasting probably portrayed. Like it's cool, cool to be like, a podcaster. Let's change characters this. who did radio on TV were cool. Like Frazier, like hosted a radio yeah. show, and that was like cool. And I don't think podcasts for some reason it, they didn't make the transition. Oh my god, Craig! When I was a little kid, I thought radio DJ was the coolest job in the world. Yeah, radio is wow. cool, <laughs> and that's the ceiling. It says on your a lot life about me as set. a kid, but you know. Maybe it's the fact that literally anyone can have a podcast and that kind of just ruined it for the actual <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe the fact there's like 300,000 new podcasts every year. Yeah. Might be something like that. All right, we got an email from Ben. ben. Benjamin. We're Benny. talking about how Archer, the TV show. Mm. 
I think the important context to this is that an archer, the name, it's like about the fake CIA. It's basically Lucille Bluth runs the fake CIA and it's called the International Secret Intelligence Service, which is ISIS. Right. And then, you know, so anyway, Ben writes, I'm a massive fan of the show and I set up my Wi-Fi name in my apartment as ISIS HQ. (laughs) Holy shit. To Archer. (laughs) And then, you know, ISIS happens and he says, it took me way too long to change my Wi-Fi name because I didn't think about changing it. (laughs) Obviously, then ISIS became a terrorist organization. I really dread (laughs) to think about what my neighbors thought for months and months and months as my Wi-Fi was named ISIS HQ. I changed it to Hankel McCringleberry after the Key and Peele sketch. Yeah. There's just something funny about the idea of the real ISIS having a Wi-Fi password, his <laughs> name actually just being ISIS HQ. <laughs> That's their legitimate network. <laughs> the reason, like, Craig, so if, you want, if you watch like Zero Dark Thirty, like the whole basis of the movie is like their ISIS is so offline. They just use couriers and everything. That's how they caught you know, like different, they different organizations. For sure. Ima- imagine you're like, you're like, wa- you're like on the corner of some building and you like pull out your phone. It's like, huh? ISIS HQ is trying to connect to me on Wi-Fi. And you just like look up at the building. You're like, huh. no password. I, one of the, no one of the ones next to me was FBI yeah. surveillance van. That was the name of someone's Wi-Fi name. This this was the thing oh, for funny. like a hot minute where it was like funny to name your Wi-Fi like network something funny like Bob I know you're stealing my internet is. yeah it's it's kind of like the, you get the creativity you used to have with the aerial screen name you know or away messages emails at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com good Wi-Fi names that people boner have boner jams ninety six funner <laughs> funny fantasy football team names and funny Wi-Fi I don't think that'll ever go away <laughs> that's always funny <laughs> it's like a fart joke you know it'll always hit. <laughs> All right. We should probably get out of here. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Fantasyfootball.therainer.com. We hope we've helped you with your draft. So thank you if you've uh, trusted us on this journey. And just remember, if you win, we get the credit. And if you lose, you know what? Personal responsibility. Um, Thank you. Fantasyfootball.therainer.com. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, LL Cool J. I I never had a relationship with LL Cool J. Before my time, completely missed it. I got to be really? honest, off the top of my head, I don't think I can name an LL Cool J song. Oh, Hi, come on. It's Mama Said I'm Gonna Knock You Out. That's like his most famous song. I think you've heard that before. It's in a, Also, LL Cool J, I feel like, is actually in a lot of like movies. Like his, the music, well, obviously, he's an actor. Too, yeah, he's like in a like long-running like an FBI show. I can't even remember what it's called. NCIS yeah, he's on LA? LA? NCIS, yeah. You've heard he's Mama Said I Knock You Out. I'm not, yeah, I'm not denying I haven't heard of the songs. I just couldn't name any of them. Doing it well. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. Around the Way Girl is very famous. Hi, Fitch. Do you know what LL stands for? Ladies Love Cool J. Yeah. Pretty pretty dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> this name is Ladies Love Cool James. Really? I feel like it works. I mean, LL Cool J is good, but the, the, the etymology of his name is pretty sad. All right. If the point of a rap name fundamentally is to like make you a successful rapper. It's like a sixth grader thought of this. I kind of just have never understood most rap names. Like I feel like a lot of rappers are successful despite their lame names. That's like the opposite of the fantasy football thing where if you have a boring name, you suck. Yeah. I'm just like LL Cool J. Who's a rapper you think succeeded despite their, is it kind of like Post Malone and you're like. Like, I don't know, Lil Baby. I just like, is Lil Baby a cool name? I don't really understand that. It's ironic. 
I don't know. Is is Lil Uzi Vert a cool name? I think that's kind of cool. I don't know. <laughs> I just think we think they're cool because they're they're already cool. We like there's no other we, we don't know it any other way. Like if I was telling you guys that I was going to become a rapper and you were like, cool, like what's your name? And I was like, I think I'm going to go with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Would you be like, that's a, such a cool name. I don't know. I was thinking the same thing about the Beastie Boys. Like the Beastie Boys objectively is like a pretty stupid name for like a, a band or a rap group or whatever. <laughs> the Beastie Boys. I mean, most band names are pretty stupid. Craig, all band names are stupid. I don't know. I just like when your name is your name, like Kendrick Lamar. That's just like, I like that. <laughs> uh, I think it's actually harder after the internet. I think the internet made... We're out of names. Yeah, it's hard now. Panic at the disco the stuff. Some people have 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 nailed it still, right? Like Andre three thousand, cool name. I mean, look, we're talking. We're, we're really throwing stones from a glass house here. Our first name for this podcast was the <laughs> Danacy Football Show, right? Which terrible. Google thought which was auto corrects to. Are you D trying to find fantasy to football? <laughs> yeah, indefensible name of a show. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> who are we to talk? We didn't really get it right at the first try either. Chance the rapper. <laughs> Chance, comma the rapper. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. I don't Hello, know. I'm Chance, the rapper. Maybe it's all ironic. I don't know. Yeah. But the flip side is Acid Rap as an album name ages like fine wine. Great name. Nas. Cool name. It's true. Beastie Boys. What is that? Like, a, this is the Beastie Boys is like the Backstreet Boys were taken, so they went with Beastie Boys. Backstreet Boys, by the way, terrible name. What are we doing here? <laughs> well, the lyrics yeah. to the song don't even make sense. You ever like sung? The Backstreet Boys songs out loud? They were written by Max Martin, who had like half English. It's Yeah, they were written in like Swedish, I believe. Yeah. And so when they were translated to English, they don't make any sense. I want to do a prompt of what is the worst named band of all time? Yeah, all right. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com. <laughs> the worst named band. Backstreet Boys, maybe. Goodbye, everyone. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgambling.com help.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.